I'm Dr. Orion Taraban, and this is Psychacks, Better Living Through Psychology. And the topic of today's short talk is couples therapy almost never works. So I might take some heat for this one, but I am not a big fan of couples therapy. I have not seen it associated with a high degree of positive outcomes. And I think this is true for a number of reasons, several of which I will be discussing in this episode. So let's jump right in. First and foremost, what many folks who have never been to couples therapy often fail to appreciate is that in most couples therapy, the client is the relationship. The client is not the two individual people in the room. The client is the relationship between them. As such, the therapist is going to be advocating for the best interests of the relationship. This means that the therapeutic intent is typically to perpetuate the relationship, or in rare cases when both parties are on the same page with termination, to help dissolve the relationship harmoniously. So why is this problematic? Well, in the first place, it means that one or both of the parties might be supported to stay in a relationship with someone they absolutely have no business being in a relationship to begin with. A couple's therapist is not going to turn to the man in the middle of a session and say, my dude, you need to get as far away from that woman as possible. Personality disorders hardly ever go away entirely, and it can take years of hard work just to get them under control. You'd be better off cutting this off and finding someone else as quickly as you can. By the same token, the therapist is not going to turn to the woman in the room and say, this guy is never going to commit to you, no matter what sacrifices you make for the relationship. If you want a family, you are wasting your time here. And let me tell you, in certain situations, this is precisely the feedback that people need to hear. Withholding this feedback because your client is the relationship, irrespective of the best interests of the individuals in that relationship, does not sit right with me personally. Now, in the second place, when the client is the relationship, it means that working through problems generally requires some measure of negotiated concession. If you're not already aware, I'm not a big fan of compromise, especially in intimate relationships. Compromise is two people not getting what they want, at which point you have to ask, what is the point of this relationship anyway? In my opinion, it's a better idea to be selfish and to find someone else whose selfishness you can live with. On the other hand, compromise suggests a negotiated process, which is often counterproductive for two obvious reasons. First, and this may come as a shock to you, but the people who show up to couples counseling have often been acting very badly in their relationships. The reason why a relationship is dysfunctional could be that at least one of the people involved is acting like an emotional terrorist, throwing tantrums, being bullying and aggressive, hijacking family events, threatening to leave if demands are not met, etc., etc. And you know what? It's not a good idea to negotiate with terrorists. Coming to the bargaining table only when the other side behaves sufficiently badly only reinforces bad behavior and functionally guarantees that you will see more bad behavior in the future. Appeasement didn't work for the Nazis, and it's probably not going to work for your relationship. 
Now, if you have the misfortune of being in a relationship with an emotional terrorist, then you likely need to take a long, hard look at the person in the mirror because this is your fault, at least to some extent. After all, you're the one who chose to be in a relationship with this person for some reason. You likely have some unhealed emotional wound that left you vulnerable to such an individual. And that healing is something that you could more effectively do in your own individual therapy because, as you'll recall, the relationship is the client in couples therapy. Get that sorted out yourself and your path forward in the relationship might just become clearer on its own. Now, before I go any further, if you're liking what you're hearing, please consider sending this episode to someone who might benefit from its message because it's word of mouth referrals like this that really help to make the channel grow. And you can also hit the thanks button and tip me in proportion to the value you feel you've received from this episode. I really depend on your support. I don't do a lot of product placements or corporate sponsorships. I don't do any of them. Uh, So I really depend on your support to keep all of this going. I really appreciate it. Thank you very much. All right. And the second reason why negotiated concession often doesn't work in couples therapy is because one of the most common issues that couples typically bring into the counseling room is their sex life or their lack thereof. And you cannot negotiate desire. You cannot say, get more sex more often in exchange for doing more of the housework. It doesn't work that way. Now, you can increase desire in a relationship, but the pathway to doing so is almost completely antithetical to the couple's therapy process. It involves less communication, less time together, more mystery, greater spontaneity, et cetera, et cetera. And this can be accomplished unilaterally. That is, if you just change how you show up in the relationship, it will force a shift in the dynamic of the relationship. And you definitely don't need your partner's permission to be more attractive in your own relationship. So just focus on doing that as opposed to talking about the lack of desire, which typically only makes the problem worse. Now, here's yet another thing to consider. As a therapist, I can tell you that it's actually very difficult to tell the truth to a person in a way that he or she can hear it. The truth is generally tough for people to hear. It's bitter medicine. So it typically requires some finesse to be able to speak the truth in such a way that it isn't automatically rejected. And while it is very difficult to tell the truth in a way that one person can hear it, it's almost impossible to tell the truth in a way that two people can hear it simultaneously. The best way for one person to hear this truth will not be the best way for another person to hear it. And the upshot of this is that the truth is typically what gets compromised. The truth is diluted to the point that two people can hear it. And this is often not nearly as effective as just giving it to each person individually in their own way. Here's another reason. Couples therapy is more or less predicated on the belief that most problems that people experience in their relationships are just based on some lack of understanding or some failure of communication. So the solution, of course, must be more communication and mutual understanding. And in my experience, this is not the case. On some level, it's not important to understand why, say, 
one person is throwing temper tantrums. It's important that the temper tantrums stop perpetuating the belief that, say, a woman is throwing a tantrum because she doesn't feel sufficiently validated or cared for is gaslighting because there are plenty of women who don't throw tantrums when those same conditions or worse are met. And the person who may believe that these are sufficient grounds for a tantrum would likely be better served in individual therapy anyway. The point is that certain things don't need to be understood. They just need to change. And understanding does not by itself inevitably lead to change. Some things just don't have a place in a healthy, loving relationship. And acting as though the real issue is a lack of appreciation for the reasons why bad behavior exists, as opposed to the bad behavior itself, is, to my mind, shifting the blame to the other person in the relationship. Unfortunately, this can happen in couples therapy. I imagine that couples therapy could be helpful to certain people dealing with certain classes of problems. However, I haven't seen it produce positive outcomes in the vast majority of cases. What do you think? Does this fit with your own experience? Let me know in the comments below. And if you've gotten this far, you might as well like this episode and subscribe to this channel. You may also consider becoming a channel member with perks like the priority review of comments or booking a paid one-on-one consultation. As always, thank you for listening.